Well, last week we shared that the fruit in our lives from sermons, DVDs, books, Christian books that we read, whatever it is, the fruit depends on the quality of the soil of our hearts. You know, the best preaching in the world is not going to change some people. Think of Jesus. Every word was direct from heaven, and yet a lot of people were just totally untouched, unmoved, unchanged by his message. Why? Because the heart is the key to the fruit that comes in our lives. But the same is also true for a church. The fruit in a church will depend on the quality of the soil. And right now, I believe God's wanting to improve the soil of church alumni. I'm not saying it's bad, but it can be improved so that we can handle an invasion of heaven, so we can handle a spirit break out, so we can have greater fruitfulness, so we can handle a revival should it come or when it comes our way. I've always said, you know, God's no, had no problem blessing us, but who can carry a full cup, you know, and not mess it up? What church can carry a full-blooded revival and maintain it and keep it without it going to their heads or messing it up or interfering in some way? It takes real quality soil to handle the favor and the blessing of God. Jonathan Edwards, uh, well, one of the areas that we talked about last week I want to continue on again is the whole area of humility. I think it's a great key to the outbreak of God and His blessing. Jonathan Edwards put it this way, nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. Want to keep the devil away from you? Humility is a key. D.L. Moody put it this way, be humble or you'll stumble. It's good, isn't it? Be humble or you'll stumble. Stories told of two ducks and a frog. Lived happily together on the farm in a pond, but the hot summer came and the pond dried up and so they had to move elsewhere. There's no problem for the ducks because they could fly to another pond. But the frog was stuck. So what'd they do? Well, they put a stick in the bill of each duck and the frog held onto it with its mouth as they flew to another pond. So the plan worked well. And as they were flying to another pond, a farmer looked up and he said, isn't that a clever idea? I wonder who thought of it. That moment the frog said, I did. <laughs> Let go of the stick and fell to the ground. Pride, be humble or you'll stumble. See, Proverbs 27.2 says, Let another praise you, not your own lips. Sam talked about what God's done in this church over the last 39 years. But what we need to know is we have built on the shoulders of others. Those who have gone before, people you've never heard of, who have sacrificed, laid down their lives, poured blood, sweat, and tears and finances into this place. And we need to acknowledge that, you know, others have sown and we are reaping the benefits of what they have done. And we need to acknowledge the, the, the good work that others, and be careful that we don't kind of think, look what we have done. At the end of the day, it's look what God has done. He gets the praise and the glory. So... Just looking at the power of humility for a few moments, because I've discovered this, humility releases unbelievable blessings in our lives. It's just one of the most incredible things when you search it out in Scripture. Some of it you'll know, but listen to this one. The first one is wisdom. Uh, We know wisdom is a principal thing, and Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, with the humble is wisdom. So when you have a humble attitude in a situation, God will give you wisdom to do the right thing. 
You know, that's where wisdom comes from, from humility of heart, not being on our high horse, demanding our own way, but submitting humbly to God, and then He can fill us with wisdom, and we'll know what we should do in any given situation. Also, God will lift you up. Matthew 23, verse 12, He who humbles himself will be exalted. And so God wants us to walk in this humility. Of course, when we're exalted by God, we're exalted into what He has for us as opposed to being exalted into what we might want for us. There is a big difference. You know, today there is this massive obsession, isn't there, with self. And yet Jesus always focused on other people. And as those of you who have iPhones, you know that we even now take selfies. I was talking to David and Greta about this during the during the week. And so it's, does everyone, who, know, who knows what a selfie is? Yeah, we're not very high tech in this place. But here we are, let me, just in case you don't know, let me explain it to you. This is an iPhone. Everyone say iPhone. Yeah, no. Go and buy one, all right? And here, to take a selfie, so I look at the thing at myself, and then try and get it. Yeah, there it is. What a terrible photo. Oh, Josh. I'll delete that. <laughs> See, I've done it myself. But then I discard them if I don't look good enough. <laughs> Obsession with self. I'm preaching this message to me this morning because I'm guilty of some of these things myself. The third thing you get is grace. What's grace? supernatural ability to handle any circumstance in life and to be all that God's called you to be. That is an amazing thing, isn't it, grace? Sometimes we fight so hard for grace, but you know who gets grace? The humble. It's found in James 4, verse 6. He gives grace to the humble. A great friend of mine, an outstanding prophet known as Brian Bailey. Some of you remember him. He's passed away now. He had this incredible vision where the Lord appointed Jesus appeared to him. And he said, I think it lasted for five days. And Jesus only said one word. He said, grace, 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 grace. <laughs> Imagine hearing that for five days, grace. And the message was, is that the Christian life from start to finish is lived by grace. You're saved by grace, you're kept by grace, you're served by grace. You finish by grace. It's the key to victory. It's the key to success. It's the key to strength in our lives. And so, if we walk in humility before God, He will give us the grace we need in every circumstance of life. doesn't matter how tough it might get. If you keep a humble heart towards God, His promise is He gives grace to the humble. Another thing that will come as a result of Humility, I believe, is deeper relationships. To have that kind of relationships that God wants takes humility. Because pride prevents intimacy. You know, when we're proud, we often won't allow people to see us as we really are. We hide behind shadows. We, we pretend to be something we are not. Have you ever heard of a couple maybe been married 20 years wife or the husband might say, I've lived with this person 20 years, but I don't know who they are. You 
There's been no intimacy. There's been no connection or not enough because pride stops closer relationships. And to have a good relationship, even to develop our relationships together, it does take humility of heart. And pride stops reconciliation, doesn't it? Why? Because people won't back down, won't compromise. I'm right, you're wrong. (laughs) Full stop. And so relationships get broken down. And we all want deeper relationships. Is that right? Yeah. You know one of the best places to find those? Small group. That's why we keep promoting them and advertising them because we've heard of so many, I hear so many stories or, or different stories of person, you know, they just went, started going to a life group and they met this friend and now they've been friends for five, ten years and maybe even travel overseas together, all kinds of stuff. Why? Because they got themselves into a, a, a unit of, of connected people that meet regularly and that's where you make friendships. You know, Billy Graham said the, the greatest, uh, all his travels around the world, he said the number one thing afflict, afflicting people today around the world is loneliness. See, people are just so lonely. And this is one of the counters to lonely. You know, when we become proud, the Bible actually said God resists us. James 4 verse 6, God resists the proud. I've, I've thought about this verse sometimes, and I thought, man, you know, it's one thing to have the government resist you, you know, to have your wife or husband resist you, or have the, a leader resist you, or a friend resist you. But imagine God resisting you. I mean, you are history. <laughs> it's over, over. It's not going to happen. If God resists, and he resists the proud. That's an amazing thing. And you know, the scary thing about pride is it's one of the hardest things to discern in our hearts. And I just wonder sometimes in my own heart whether in some areas God's resisting me because there's a, a wall of pride that's up there that I don't even know about. And so it, 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 uh, it's uh, wise for us to say, God, you know, not in a, a condemning way, but God, search my heart. David said that, didn't he? If there is any hidden sin in me or something in me that I'm not seeing, and pride is one of those things that is so hard to spot in our life. Usually we can see it easily in someone else. Thank you for that wonderful response. Okay. <laughs> so if we have pride in our hearts, then what's going to happen? We'll get humbled by God. Matthew 12, 30, 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be Humbled. So whatever you do, don't go around exalting yourself. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction. I heard of the story of this church. Someone else told me this. A church, I don't know where it was, but it was just one of those churches that was just full of pride. And, you know, they did everything decently in order, and they were just a lot of religious pride in the place anyway. So one day they're having this uh, water baptism service. And it's on the platform, and uh, the changing rooms are behind the platform. And they, what they did, they set up these big curtains that went right across the back. Well, somewhere in the midst of a water baptism, someone tripped on something, and one of the curtains came down, and all these half-naked people were ex- exposed in this very religious church. And the, many of the leaders were very red-faced. So, hey, look, get rid of your pride. <laughs> Otherwise, you might just get exposed in some way. Hopefully not that way, but in some way. But we just, you know, it's it's pride. You know, God resists the proud. And he really does hate this area in your life or in my life. I want you to come with me. Amazing scripture in 2 Chronicles 26. 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 15. It's about Uzziah. The second end part of uh, verse 15 says, So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. 
But when he was strong, successful, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And it goes on about how he transgressed against the Lord. Isn't it amazing? When he was not successful and just doing his best, he was fine. But when success came his way, bingo, the devil got him. And you know, it's a really subtle thing. <clears throat> I, I know even for myself, every so often, it's like I'll be just going about my thing, might be in a service, and you know, I can suddenly just get a whisper of pride in my own heart and almost start to, you know, think, oh, gosh, this is, this is going good. It's a dangerous thing. And some of I just think, God, where did that come from? Well, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We've got to watch against this pride. And you've got to be careful. You know, pride can easily criticize, can't it, as well? That's the thing that I need to be, we all need to be careful of. About this man that went to a musical, and there was a woman singing a soprano. She turned to the man. The man was watching the musical, so he turned to the man next to him and said, that's horrible, the singing. He said, that's really bad. And the man said, well, that's my wife. <laughs> to which he said, no, no, he said, no, no. He said, it's, it, her voice is fine. He said, it's the material. The song she is singing is terrible. It's just not right for her. And he said, I wrote it. If we're going to walk in humility, <clears throat> how, are we going to, how are we going to even begin to journey down this pathway? Well, the first one is Romans 12, 16, associate with the humble. Huh. Be careful we don't gravitate towards the popular, towards those in authority, those in position. Gravitate towards them. That's pride. Hey, we all do it. Hey, I'm, I'm, we're all guilty. But my Bible says, associate with the humble. I remember a number of years ago talking to a minister that I knew very well. We're just having a good chat. Then someone else came and joined us. That person who joined us was a, of, in the kingdom of God, a higher position than myself. And so I stayed there, but I might as well not have been there as this minister's entire attention turned to this other person that had come. Has anyone ever experienced that? Oh, I'm the only one. <laughs> you guys are so famous, no one would ever talk to anyone ahead of you. Anyway, it happened to me. <clears throat> and um, you know what was, the, what was the worst thing about it? The worst thing about it was my pride noticed it and was hurt. You can't win, can you? <laughs> you just can't win. It's just such a subtle thing. And if you start watching for it, you'll see it everywhere <laughs> in your own heart. <laughs> but you want to acknowledge it and say, God, help me to deal with this and be free of it so that I can have the soil of heart that God can bless that God can pour a spirit on, that God can give greater success to, and it's not going to go to my head or your head or any of our heads. Another thing you need to do is to be quick. Gosh, I'm running out of time. I'm going to rush. I have to rush now. So be quick to praise others, <laughs> especially your competition. You know, it's easy for me to 
say, oh man, great singer, fantastic businessman, awesome leader, mighty prophet, da-da-da-da-da. But hey, what about praising another preacher? Because <laughs> that's my zone or another church. That's just a lot harder because they're my, they're my competitive areas. And I've got to watch that. I, I'm happily and willing to praise and lift up others who might see my own competition. It's one thing to praise someone that's got nothing to do with you, but a different thing to praise those who are in the same area that you are involved in. So don't seek the praises of man. John 12, 43, love the praises of men more than the praise of God. Isn't that a challenge? Hey, loving the praise. You know, we do something. We just want people to praise us. But what does God think? What was his opinion on the, on, on the situation, on the activity or that whatever you did? What did God actually think? Sometimes we don't even think about what he thought. All we're worried about is what does everyone else think? But the Pharisees, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And, you know, Jesus was amazing, wasn't he? He didn't want the praise of men because he knew what was in men's hearts. And in fact, he, Jesus, uh, you know, when they wanted to make Jesus king, he took off up into the mountains. He said, you're not going to do this to me. You're not going to lift me up. He actively worked against anything of pride. In fact, even when he did some miracles, he said, hey, now don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, knew, I don't know. I won't get to that place. Oh, well, hopefully one day I will. Tony Campello put it this way, a great man of God. He said, the degree to... To the degree self-seeking and, and self-promotion has got into our ministry, to that degree it is corrupted. Self-seeking, self-promotion. Put others before yourself. Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. I think one of the greatest keys I want to come to as we start to wrap this up for humility is servanthood. Servanthood. It's said, they say that more than in any other way, serving works humility into our lives. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. He was the greatest servant of all. He took the form of a servant. God exalted him to the highest place. In the kingdom of God, listen carefully, the way up is down. The world talks about being upwardly mobile. God says, forget all that nonsense. He said, you want to go up in my kingdom, you've got to go down in yourself. Don't go up. Don't try and keep going up. Just go down. As you go down, God can actually, it's the right soil for God to actually begin to lift you up. The way up in the kingdom of God is down. And humility grows in an environment of hidden service. You know, our flesh complains when we serve, doesn't it? But it screams at hidden service. You know, at least if we, if when we serve, if everyone knows about it, then we can take it, you know? Look at my serving. But if no one knows that we humbly served, what's the point? And that's exactly the point. You're very quiet this morning. You all okay? I'll just keep going anyway. I'll pretend, I'll pretend you're all in deep meditation and reflection and being so impacted by God that you can hardly speak. I love Adrian to know when I've served. I just let her know, honey, <laughs> put the rubbish out this morning, yesterday. Did you notice? I made the bed. It wasn't my turn, but I, I made the bed for you. And uh, I emptied the dishwasher. I've, honey, I cleaned the decks. 
And usually she's thinking, big deal. She always, nearly always, she says, do you want a 10-gun salute? <laughs> and I always say, yes, I do. Can we have the music up a bit louder and the blast of the trumpets? I like it. But as I've said to you before, church, I'm still trying to get her to peel me grapes. She's resisting. It's not working because I think she's not humble enough. Okay? And so I will keep trying. And when I get the victory, I'll let you know. But I'll make sure she's not in the service, all right? So I've sent her into the city so I can always say what I want in this service. Now, you won't tell her anything, will you? Promise? Do not pass anything on to her. I'm also trying to get her to polish my shoes. How many wives here polish their husband's shoes? Look at that, all of, the, all of you, fantastic. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, when did you last polish your shoes? I know some wives, I heard the other day one wife say, oh, I'm, I'm never going to iron my husband's shirts. Is that, that in, is that the new age, is it? The new... How many of you wives iron your husband's shirts? Yeah, not many. <laughs> All the hands that went up were 50 plus. Hey, look, I can justify all this. My Bible says I'm a king. It's true. The Bible says it. I just want to be treated like one. <laughs> Hidden service. We yearn recognition. We find ways to humbly let people know how we served. Isn't that true? It's just tricky. Some way we'll let them know. Somehow it'll come out somewhere often in a prayer maybe, or some spiritual way. We just want people to know that we have served. But if we refuse to yield to that need, we crucify the flesh. Hidden service is the ultimate. You die to self. Pride gets a fatal blow. The soil is improved. So see, Church Unlimited, we want to serve the body of Christ. We want to love the body of Christ, and we don't want to sound a trumpet telling everybody that we serve the body of Christ. We just do it secretly. We do it hidden service. Sometimes it will get known, but it doesn't need to get known. Just have a love for the body of Christ. I think that's one of the great keys to this right good soil uh, that God can pour His blessing on is that when we're more about the kingdom of God than the kingdom of Church Unlimited. You won't like the next story, but I'll tell you anyway. The man was very busy, got a phone call from a friend asking for help to do a few errands because the guy's wife had taken the car. Humble guy, obviously. <laughs> so he felt trapped, so he agreed, grabbed a book, took the guy from place to place, annoyed at the loss of his valuable time. Final stops at the supermarket, sitting in his car, opens up a book where it's marked. And the first thing he reads is this. The second service that one should perform in a Christian community is active helpfulness. This means assistance in trifling matters. Nobody is too good for the meanest service. Ouch. I told you I didn't like that one. Have you ever noticed in Scripture that before God lifted people up, He often allowed them to be humbled and to be servants? 
Think of Joseph. We love hearing about Joseph, don't we? Prime Minister of Egypt, effectively. But he had to serve in prison. Boy, how hidden service is that? And guess what? He was a phenomenal servant in prison. Fantastic. Because these servants, it's, it's in the heart or it's not. doesn't matter where you are. You're the same, whatever. You're the same on the platform or you're the same, you know, in the background, in the Christ, wherever it might be. A servant is a servant. And Joseph had to learn to serve in a, in, in a very uh, difficult situation. And he spent time as a slave as well. What about Moses? Forty years as a shepherd is a very humbling experience. You know, as Christians, we should all be involved in servanthood and serving. You know, we follow the greatest servant of all. Jesus came. Why to serve? We're his followers. <clears throat> you know, it takes a massive amount of serving to run four services on a Sunday at church. I and mean, if you knew some of the stuff that had to happen, you'd be amazed. I mean, people turning up just after 8 o'clock to get things organized and things happening and, and then finishing up. You know, some people don't get away till well after 1 o'clock, sometimes 1.30. Why? Because they're serving. Some of them you'll never see because they're hidden away, and it takes a lot of people. And I think it's important that, that we all do our share so that we, we're apart. We all benefit from this place, don't we? So it's good that we all, somewhere along the line, do our share in serving. Maybe the best way to develop humility is by becoming a servant. Matthew 25, 40 puts it this way. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. You know, when you do an act of service for someone else, you're doing it actually for Jesus. You're ministering to him the love of God. So musicians would please come. God is changing the soil of this church. So important. Why? So we can handle what's ahead, what God's wanting to do in the coming weeks, months, and years. And since you and I are church unlimited, it's one of the things that God's changing the soil of the church, but you are church unlimited. So he's changing the soil in your heart. He's changing the soil in my heart. You know, sometimes God takes a long, long, long time to get us ready. We're always in a rush. We want this, that, and the other thing. God's in no hurry. He's more interested in who we're becoming than what we're doing. If we become what God wants us to become, we respond to all the things that happen in our lives. We become the soil that can take the invasion of heaven. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a hurry. Some of us have prayed for revival for over 30 years. Still waiting. But in that 30 years, God, I know, for one, has been working in my heart. So many areas that have required adjustment. Humility, for one. A love for the body of Christ, for two. A kingdom mentality for three. A greater heart for people for four. I could list go on and on and on. And I thank God that he's made me wait. He's made our church wait. Think of the decades of fasting, crying out to God, thinking nothing's happening. 
Yeah, there's a lot happening, church. It's mostly on the inside. Seen some great things on the outside, but a lot of it's on the inside. And I just implore you in Jesus' name, join with me on this journey. Because he will come in his power and in his glory. And his name will be high and lifted up. And the declaration from this congregation must be, look not what the church unlimited has done. Look not at what Pastor Tark and Adrian have done, but look what the Lord has done. God is very jealous over his name and over his praise and over his worship. He is incredibly jealous and he will not give his glory to another. So I trust that in the course of this message, God's spoken something to your heart that you can take away and say, okay, God, I can put that into practice and take a step forward in growing in humility in my life. Would you stand with me, please?